So hello everyone, welcome to the Kingsway Kickabout. Uh, again, no shortage of football, continental action, domestic action, football everywhere. So where do you want to begin this week, Alf? Um, I think uh, we should uh, revert to normality and uh, begin in the EFL. Uh, yeah, another double header uh, for us to uh, uh, feast upon uh, this week. Uh, you know, the usual championship game spread over um, uh, six on Tuesday night, six on Wednesday night, and um, uh, plenty of action uh, on both of them. Um, and uh, maybe we should start with the table toppers in Norwich City, who um, have uh, got back uh, got back into a good run of form and uh, are playing with uh, their typical swagger again, which is really good. Well, of course, and Norwich had a good game, but credit to Birmingham City putting uh, probably their best performance of the season, taking Norwich yeah. all the way. It's it, it's difficult. Um, it it probably was Birmingham's best performance of the season, to be honest. And um, maybe the narrative uh, of that would be from you know continued optimism from their win at Sheffield Wednesday last weekend. Um, but I think if you talk to any Blues fans on that, they they you know they they won't make any they, they won't sugarcoat it. You know, it was a extremely wonderful game defined by a red card and then even after that it was only you know a, uh, an ingenious finish from Scott Hogan which uh, uh, got the win for them uh, you know it's, it's it's not a you know a game in which you know a turnaround of form was seen in um, and I mean you've also got to consider in the Norwich game you know uh, the game probably should have been out of sight by a half-time team in Pukki with a way um, he, is a, he is a poor penalty taker team in Pukki kind of paves over a bit to be fair much like Mo Salah before 2019, really. Um, uh, I, I, I would quite like to see uh, somebody else take the mantle on um, penalties, probably Mario Vrancic, although we know Norwich's penalty woes in 2018-19 was something quite uh, extraordinary. Yeah, um, uh, good performance from Todd Cantwell? Yes, uh, Todd Cantwell's, you know, still performing. Um, uh, well, not maybe not even at his best, you know, his, uh, his ceiling seems to increase by the day, which is just brilliant to see. Um, uh, it's you know it's a bit ridiculous that he's in this league really, but I mean we're not complaining, are we? Uh, um, so, and it was good to see um, Ollie Skip as well, uh, the first goal ever uh, for Ollie Skip in uh, professional football for him. Um, I t- I do think that you know a, a slight worry uh, for Norwich is how long Ben Gibson will be out for. Obviously Ben Gibson and Grant Handy have uh, developed an exceptionally strong. Uh, a partnership at the back for this season and Chris Zimmerman, you know, definitely look like a player who haven't, you know, played a league game for a, for a good while. Um, uh, so they'll hope that, you know, Hamley and Zimmerman can rekindle that 1819 uh, uh, partnership they had on occasion, even though Ben Godfrey was usually the one partner in Zimmerman. Uh, but more positives for Norwich and um, it'll be a fun uh, a fun game for them away at Wickham on uh, Sunday, first Sunday championship game we've had for quite a while and um, I expect um, it, it definitely won't be the formality that many expect. Yeah, uh, with uh, w- with someone like Todd Cantwell, do you sense that his future lies at Norwich, you know, even if they do go up or is he definitely for better things? Yes, it, but you know, it's always a question of what his landing spot will be. Um It'll be interesting to see if there's, you know, a stepping stone, as it were, um, uh, before, you know, uh, a potential, you know, quote-unquote top six club, which, you know, he's surely got the ability for and surely his ambition. Um, I could really see Arsenal going for him. For him. Uh, he's made no bones about being, you know, inspired by Arsenal, you know, invincible team as a kid. And, you know, he's often, you know, <laughs> in conversation with Thierry and Ray and others uh, involved with Arsenal all over Twitter. Uh, so I'd quite like to see that, to be honest. Um, but um, from our perspective, uh, I think we should just enjoy uh, this uh, season in the Championship. But we have him because I think it will probably be the last in his career. And, uh, Indeed. And, uh, you know, t- to uh, for Norwich fans, from uh, elation of winning the Championship to dejection of a poor Premier League season and back to, back to a pretty decent square one, I guess. So uh, it's a testament to uh, Daniel Farquhar and the work he's doing, the fact that they're walking away with this division again twice in three years. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, it was only, uh, you know, it was only two or three weeks ago where we discussed, you know, the the, the changing dynamic of uh, of the promotion race in the Champions and how maybe it was Swansea and Brentford who were, you know, the, the, the two nailed on teams for automatic promotion. But so, you know, we we do have to bear in mind that you know that the uh, the situation changes every, you know. 
uh, three or four weeks quite significantly because now we've got Watford somehow in the mix, which I know we'll come to discuss. Um, uh, but yeah, they just need to keep on getting the points on the board. Yeah, indeed. So again, some great signs from Norwich and some encouraging signs for Birmingham. So moving on to the game at Ewood Park, uh, Watford finding some attacking gear, you know. This isn't a 1-0 penalty win. This is them uh, turning up and playing some slick football and creating chances. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very impressive performance from Watford. I know their fans, you know, finally happy with um, uh, a four three three that they've been crying out for since the start of the season. And it's just you know those little tweaks that uh, Mignolz has made in the last weeks have, have made all the difference. Um, they, they are they are it's you know it's not an exaggeration. They are a change side since since the move to a four three three. Um, you know, no longer are they, you know, scraping 1-0s via Troy Deeney penalties and hoping for the best. And, I mean, I, for one, am certainly glad of the, you know, banishment of Troy Deeney. Very happy with it. Um, uh, Will Hughes, uh, uh, Watford haven't uh, dropped points whilst he's been on the pitch this season, uh, which is absolutely remarkable uh, when you see it. Um, uh, the two new fullbacks have obviously been an interesting development. Obviously, Messina and Feminia. Uh, were two fullbacks who never really found their footing in the Premier League, or at least that was the common narrative. Uh, Christian Caracelli in our interview that we did check out World News um, uh, said that Kiko Feminio was one of the hardest workers you will see, and um, uh, he's he's showing that. And as is Messina with their aggression going forward, they finally settled on a back two uh, in Trusaco and Sierra Alta, who have you know been their partnership for the last five or six games now. And um, you know, hopefully that continues until the end of the season. Dan Barkman has sorted in net really easily, and you know, I'm sure when Ben Foster returns from his injury, he won't be getting back into the team. Barkman himself, you know, it's great for him to get game time. I'm sure um, he's done his Euro 2020 chances of Austria of a world of good. Um, Alex Schlager or Sitsan Sankovic will probably still start, but I mean, he's a good shout for third choice behind Pavel Pervan uh, or York Sieben Handel. Uh, definitely. And then, you know, the front three is, you know, playing with um, uh, uh, verve and confidence now, which is great to see, especially as Mylasar, um, some of the service he was getting into the box was, you know, outstanding uh, on, on Wednesday night. And um, when you've got a striker in form like Sean Pedro is at the minute, you know, it's, um, uh, yeah, you're going to get, uh, you're not going to be winning games 1-0. Yeah. Well, I just, so carry on, carry on. I just just a final point, you know, we're, we're yet to see some of the, you know, potential of certain members of the squad are only getting on the bench at the minute. Uh, Stip Peritza has looked decent in spells, you know, so maybe, you know, if he gets a chance in the team, he'll take it up, for, he'll take it uh, with both hands. Ditto Phillips in Carnarvon as well. Um, so that team will be interesting to see. Yeah, that should be very good. Uh, of course, we have Black, we have Blackburn too, who have lost five of yeah. their last five. Yeah, who have gone from a potential oh, playoff candidates to uh, yeah. lower mid table. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be dragged into it because they're better than that, but it's worrying for them. And they seem to have few answers, of course. Harvey Elliott getting a good goal, but even his brilliance has started to, to taper a bit. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult because you know they're definitely they've they've definitely been damaged by Lenehan's injury. Um, you know, their two centre-backs, I mean, Harwood Bellis is definitely under 20, as is Jared Bramfate, right? Uh, so, you know, when you're playing two centre-backs under the age of 20 in the Championship, you know, that it, it's difficult to not have that foundation. I mean, yes, Barry Douglas and Ryan Niambe are both veterans now in the Championship, really. Um, but, you know, for the spine of that defence, you know, they'll definitely need um, some experience back there to, you know, prevent this downturn in form. Yeah. It's to pinpoint why uh, they have had the downturn, you know, Elliot Armstrong and Dak is their best front three um, and one of the best front threes in the championship on their day. Um, in, you know, Travis uh, Evans and Rothwell or, you know, occasionally it's um, uh, Travis Stewart Downing and Joe Rothwell as well. Um, you know, that's a pretty balanced midfield three as well. Well, uh, say difficult to pinpoint and um, when that is the case, you know, it goes back to the manager. Uh, and so Tony, Tony Mowbray has been a bit has been a bit tetchy recently. It's not all yeah. the yeah, and it's worth noting that every single game they've only lost by one goal. They haven't been comprehensively, you know, beaten in any game. Yeah, um, look, I mean, I, I think a win is you know, uh, see around the corner for Blackburn. To be honest, like, yeah, um, there's some fair squads too good for it not to. 
uh, be, to be honest. Um, and yeah, as I say, um, uh, we know how things change in the championship and, you know, maybe even with the uh, playoff picture being shaken up, shaken well up, I should say, um, I'm sure that, you know, maybe even a return uh, into the playoff picture uh, might not be completely off the card. No, so yeah, a pick-up in form potentially happening. Uh, Cardiff City... Uh, oh. uh, the, 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 Careless the, uh, whisper, Mick McCarthy. Mick, Mick McCarthy, oh. So you can't sing that man's praises enough. And, and ex- what a job. He's literally uh, in, in the space of a... How many has it, has it even been? How many weeks has it been? Like, uh, I think he's had seven games, and his first two he drew, and then uh, he's won five from the bounce, I think. Or maybe it's yeah, four. he's unbeaten yeah. still in seven games. He has turned yeah. Cardiff City Football Club around uh, from a team uh, grossly underperforming and with the spotlight on them to uh, a, a team in the playoffs with championship ambitions, playing good football, getting the most out of his players. Of course, Keeper Moore getting on the score sheet again, and, and uh, Sean Morrison. And what what do you make of that performance, Alf? Uh, a slight quick tangent. Uh, we are recording this, as we normally do, on a Friday. Uh, and today is Friday the 26th of February, which means it's the four-year anniversary of Mick McCarthy celebrating Ipswich's 93rd-minute goal at Carraway, which he thought was the winner, and telling Ipswich fans to fuck off. Incredible. Happy anniversary, everyone. Oh, boy. From telling your own fans to fuck off to... Uh... Well, to being to, to, sitting smugly, on, on yeah, to sitting bed. smugly with the uh, with Marcus Evans, yeah. Well, on yeah. the day he is uh, getting himself <laughs> rid of what he created, but yeah. But, uh, but on right. card, um, uh, no, they, they've they've just been outstanding in the um. Look, I, I, I think the run of wins will end soon, but not because of, you know, a, 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 a dwindling of Mick McCarthy's magic, just because he's played the same 11 for so many games. And they're they're, they're going to get tired, surely. Um, but, you know, that has obviously helped the consistency of the side and, you know, they're starting to, you know, adapt to the, uh, the Moles so so well now. Um, Morrison, Flint and Nelson, God, they, they're just, it's just a back line of just monsters. You know, they're so imposing, so physical. Uh, Dylan Phillips, you know, um, has, you know, uh, grabbed his chance with both hands uh, playing in net for Cardiff and, you know, a double penalty save on the weekend against Preston. Not only a double penalty save, but also an outstanding save from Tom Barkhausen just into the second half uh, as well. Yes, OK, Cardiff have pounced on some individual errors for all their goals in recent weeks. And, you know, they yes, you know, two goals from set pieces. Uh, which got them win against Bournemouth, but you know that's what you got to do. You got to exercise the margin or gains when you can, when you can. Excuse me. That's a key to being a good Championship side most of the time, um, and uh, they're definitely doing that. And you know, from being mocked, uh, if if said that you know their, their their playoff campaign was dead in the water under Neil Harris, they've certainly revived that, and they've now replaced a Bournemouth side who the wheels have just come off absolutely. And I mean, I I really do fear for where they'll end up uh, toward the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, uh, with, with Jonathan Woodgate in charge, of course, what, what he he does have championship experience, although he isn't exactly a well, I think uh, you know we all saw Middlesbrough. I think that's a, yeah, it's a false equivalency, you know. Um, uh, you know, a, a year of it, okay, championship experience. Do you look at it as championship experience? Or do you look at it as a year and a failed job, uh, which Middlesbrough was uh, for him? And I mean, we've seen no evidence so far, apart from a, a fairly impressive cup winner, uh, uh, second string Burnley, which for that means, you know, Burnley side with five, six academy players in, um, uh, to suggest otherwise, really. Yeah, uh, it's a strange appointment. Uh, of course, I don't, Thierry Honoré, of course, is going through, um, well, not personal, something personal. And he wasn't in a position to take charge. He was their top man. They couldn't mm. get someone like Paul Cook in, although I, I think they would have done well to do so, give him a chance at this level. But, uh, yeah, Jonathan Woodgate and, Char- and Bournemouth do have quality, even though it's not been showing. But I don't... Does he have the tactical nails to get the most out of these players? Um, maybe he does, but he hasn't shown the evidence so far. Um... Uh, just the, the, the defeat at QPR on Saturday was so bad. Like both of the goals they conceded were so preventable. It was just defensive laps, wasn't it? Like, yeah, and just you know, the first one is just you know, um, 
look, okay, I, I, I know this may, you know, come from, you know, a, a tin hat uh, perspective and, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a Brexit football perspective. Um, but that's, that's a side who, you know, they've adopted, oh, yeah, we're going to play it out from the back without any, you know, cautions of practising it or, you know, semblance of practising it during the week or semblance of, you know, of, of continuous attacking play going forward. Like, that was just a side who just, you know, did it because it's the, it's the current cool trend and, you know, why can't we do it? Well, you can't do it because you're crap at it. And you're going to concede off it, <laughs> which is what can't, uh, QPR, excuse me, gold up at the weekend. Um, and then, you know, just this is just uh, other two defensive lapses in other areas are also conceding goals, you know, not tracking, you know, men into the box. Um, Diego Rico at fault for Todd Kane's goal at the weekend. And then, and, you know, two goals from set pieces conceded against Cardiff, which is just far too easy in a really sloppy penalty. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, Cardiff only had 31% possession, yeah. but they had nine shots. So, you know, th- th- they were. They were clearly still causing problems for uh, Bournemouth. And as good as Cardiff's form has been, I think you're right. I think in both, if they keep shooting themselves in the foot, there's very little they can do. And I think uh, they need to uh, summon a bit of a Watford within them to uh, maintain clean sheets in low-scoring games. Speaking of that, um, they obviously play Watford on the weekend. And I mean, I can't really say anything but a Watford win there. Uh, The only semblance of positivity, or no, that's the wrong word. The only... Uh, ounce of sympathy I have with Woodgate at the minute is that Dom Slanky is injured. Um, I, I, I do think that is a big loss for Bournemouth because he has been exceptional this season and I don't think Sam Surridge is quite there yet um, in the in terms of the leading line stroke in the top championships. I, I do like him, don't get me wrong. Uh, nice, uh, cool finisher on his left foot. Um, uh, but yeah, no, they definitely need um, uh, 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 ships to turn around soon uh, because at the minute not only are they having a massive downturn, but there are plenty of sides beneath them who look like they're about to, you know, gobble their place up. Indeed, indeed. Um, yes, a, a team under a lot of pressure. Um, speaking of uh, other things, uh, something which uh, I want to return, uh, Ryan Shawcross has left Stoke. Yeah, um, a servant for Stoke for more than 14 years. And uh, they had uh, someone uh, on the second year podcast and he said... Uh, he deserves a statue and a testimonial, and he's a true one-club man in an era of journeymen. So, yeah, I think a t- tribute to him, you know, the, I think we have to acknowledge his commitment to the Stoke cause for these many years. He's been there through... Uh, he's been the face of Stoke for much of our youth, I think it's fair to say, Elf. He definitely has. Uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah, good luck to him, and uh, he's, he's been a picture of it, and, yeah. He's also in the um, England uh, One Cap Wonder Club. Uh, as well, he's in the one cap club uh, with obviously his only appearance coming on for uh, 20 or so minutes away at Sweden, away in Stockholm. Uh, the opening game of the Friends Arena in Stockholm, uh, the Sweden England friendly, where obviously uh, the goal Lathan. he was on for on the pitch was Lathan's uh, <laughs> bicycle kick. Yeah. Wow, um, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting, but but yeah, so uh, a stalwart leaving, but good luck to him. Uh, Brentford and Swansea, of course, going back, staying at the top of the table, uh, getting wins on the board, uh, good wins. Uh, Brentford just walking over Sheffield Wednesday. Of course, you have to look at Brentford's first goal because that's the most least Brentford-like goal you can imagine. Well, is it? Um, it's. I mean, it's from a. It's from a. Well, is a long throw counted as a second piece? I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from a long throw, uh, which obviously we know Brentford are affected by. So maybe not in that respect, but in terms of you know the flukiness of it, one might not associate with. Uh, uh, Brentford, yeah, yeah, but there's that. But also, uh, you you look at Sheffield Wednesday. This is inc- incredibly worrying for them because it's look at if they, if it was Wickham, I feel things would have been different, and you know Wickham would have put up a more of a fight. But you look at Sheffield Wednesday. That's a fifty three percent possession and three shots. And does that seem like a team who are trying? Yeah, um, I, I think it would be harsh to say that they're, they're not trying, and you know, especially you know, as we as we mentioned earlier on when talking about Birmingham, it was an extremely marginal game and a ridiculous sending off uh, against the Shaw. I don't want to go to the games gone, but you know that is a games gone uh, moment uh, for sure. Um, no pun intended. Uh, and so, yeah, that's just a marginal game that they've lost. You know, they happen. Um, 
Brentford are also sides who, you know, <laughs> uh, they're not nailed on for promotion this season. But, you know, I think if people were to put their bets on them, uh, they, they'd definitely be up there. Um, they've got Luton away uh, this weekend. Uh, Luton, who are a side who um, uh, should have uh, somehow didn't be Millwall in the midweek, uh, conceding a cruel late equaliser, really. And, you know, well, Luton were poor at Stoke yeah. on Saturday. Um, and, yeah, you know... We know that about Luton, you know, we know that they've got that response in them uh, under Nathan Jones after a result goes poorly for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, overall, <laughs> Wednesday are lucky that, you know, it, it's beginning to look, again, the relegation picture has shifted and, again, it's beginning to look like, you know, a six-way shoot, to be honest. Um, for three relegation places between Wickham, Wednesday, Rotherham, who have had a tail and formed four defeats now in a row for Rotherham. Um, and but obviously, yes, we know that you know Paul Warren can pull off um, uh, upsets every now and again, but maybe we'll, we should be worried about the consistency of that. Uh, Birmingham too, we've discussed commentary too, uh, despite an impressive win against Brentford uh, on Saturday. Um, uh, really poor performance from Brentford, and especially poor one from Rico Henry is a little. Uh, uh, downturn uh, in form, which obviously you know led to uh, um, his maybe you know played a role in his hamstring injury that he picked up on the weekend. Um, Sorensen was very effective uh, coming in from left back, um, and Huddersfield as well. Um, uh, because yeah, I don't think any side, any of those sides we've mentioned, are either out of it or in it, as it were, uh, including Wickham, who you know they they just they just keep on fighting. Well, yeah, uh, that, that they could run through a wall for Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, of course, uh, Fred Onyedinma, former Millwall man, getting a goal. And it's, it's uh, great to see, you know, it's great to see Wickham getting the, you know, the rub of the green, which they haven't been getting. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. This is what I mean after Sheffield Wednesday, that Wickham are showing this intensity that Sheffield Wednesday just aren't, or don't seem to be. I think that's down to styles of play more than effort levels, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, more than anything, um, but 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 as for Wickham, it, yeah, as I say, you know, it's, it's nice to see them get a lucky goal, um, and then you know, uh, a stupid decision when uh, Ryan Taffertsley, um giving away a penalty, but uh, Lucas Shaw uh, missing it. Lucas Shaw, another penalty player who, another excuse me, player who papers over the cracks with his penalties, and you know, you can tell it's not actually that good of a penalty taker. You know, uh, prove that uh, <laughs> without question. Um, I'm a bit annoyed. Um, that uh, that uh, Rinomoto wasn't on him, uh, to be honest, because Rinomoto is definitely you know, a clean striker of the ball. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, as for Reading, um, you know, maybe we're just starting to see the wheels slightly, maybe not, you know, the wheels coming off, but maybe a few punctured tyres, Aki, uh, you know. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, well, with, with Reading, it's a difficult one because... Uh... Of they have they have some injuries. I'm led to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Swift is a big is a big. John Swift is injured amongst other things. Uh, is Ajaria playing? Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, Ajaria is playing. Know, yeah, slight tail offs in form of key individuals, right? Um, because yeah. you know system, systems like Reading, which you know predicated on you know a, a strong foundation first about two, you know, or you know less of an emphasis on you know structured attacking moves going forward. You are reliant on individual moments and brilliance, and you rely. You are therefore reliant on the good form of um, uh, attacking players going forward. And when individuals suffer tail-offs, like Elise and Ajari are at the minute, you know that's going to have knock-on effects. Um, mm. And um, yeah, I mean, we an, another problem for Reading, I think, is you know when they're going behind in games, it, they're, they're having. Tr- um, trouble getting back into them, right? Um, and so, like, to be honest, like the Middlesbrough game at the weekend, which they lost 2 0, making it three home defeats in a row for them, including on uh, home to Millwall a few weeks back. Um, you know, it, the game looked to be a formality by half time when Wickham, uh, excuse me, Middlesbrough was in up. Um, great goal from Mark Bob, by the way, great try. Um, and a very satisfying set piece opener for Middlesbrough as well. Um, uh, both Paddy McNair and Dale Fry, two players who Neil Warnock has coined, I think he's the best. Which one isn't Neil? Um, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, no, uh, Reading need to uh, uh, find a way to get back into games. Well, I think it's up to Paunovic to, yeah. first of all, we'll recognise that problem and mitigate it. Hmm. Uh, but they should be able to. I mean, as the, as the guy from Besotted said, uh, sometimes you have to take a pit stop, but you have to get back into the game. The wheels do come off, but you have to put the yeah, ball yeah. and keep going. And uh, um, that's exactly what they need to do. With uh, Downturns in form, uh, the championship season is, is a marathon. And I guess you, you have to accept it before you can change it, I guess, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, no, uh, yes, do you, and uh, we, do you want to move on to Middlesbrough and uh, mm-hmm. the shock? The, what we felt was a quite a result. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good note to end on. Uh, well, well, one, one more game after this I'd like to talk about. But um, yeah. Uh, so it's worth noting before we get into this. Uh, Nigel Pearson wasn't actually in charge. Yeah. Uh, he his, his assistant was in. Well, whoever's the caretaker, he was on the sea. Was yeah. He talked to the players, but he was on the. Uh, it's it's, he didn't actually... it's Bristol City's weird deal with having Keith Downing and Paul Simpson, obviously two successful England yeah. managers, kind of joint co coaches uh, as second in commands. Yeah, uh, but whatever he said to them in the changing room, prove yourself to me or whatever, it worked because they turned up and they, and well, they took their chances. They definitely, I think. Yeah, um, uh, another another side, uh, you, you know, dire creativity in recent weeks for Bristol City, but a sensible, uh, balanced team selection and, you know, improved performances of individuals led to the win. Casey Palmer was exceptional. Uh, making a, a, uh, aggressive runs uh, from midfield, and so was Fumara Juju um, up front. An incredibly good foil for to get in behind. Um, uh, Juju's uh, flick-on header uh, for the second goal, I believe, was absolutely outstanding. Um, beautifully guided header. And as I say, just you know, a, a, a team selection with you know a lot of sense behind it. Uh, you know, a back three, uh, back five, excuse me, of you know Salibdi, Zach Vinyl slotting back into his natural role on the right side of the defence. Uh, Mariapa, you know, veteran in the centre of it, you know, sweeping everything up. Thomas Callas, club captain, another fellow man with experience on the left-hand side of a back three, providing experience and, you know, solidity just behind Riley Towler, um, uh, their young uh, left wing back, who's, you know, obviously just settling into the side and it's great to have experience behind him. Uh, Towler, you know, made some really nice, you know, uh, direct passes into the front two, which I, you know, I'm a massive fan of. Um, Bacon sort of nudge doing all the running uh, in the midfield and, you know, uh, providing that, you know, uh, tempo for the side. Um, I'll, I'll be shocked if Pearson changes it, uh, to be honest, uh, during the weekend because it worked really well uh, against the mid Allsborough side who, you know, buoyed by an impressive win at Reading. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, I think also with the word on Middlesbrough, they struggle to take their chances. And do you think Bristol have a blueprint? I, of course, take your chances in general, but if you're clinical and get enough goals, it's all about outscoring them. <laughs> Football is about outscoring them, but uh, you get what I'm saying with Middlesbrough. It's about taking the few chances you have because you know that in, a, in an outright shootout, they're not, they're not well, going to win. If you get well, that's Warnock football in a nutshell, isn't it? It's marginal games, you know. Um, and when, you know, some games that's not going to come off, you know, that's just, that's just you know, the averages of math, maths. Yeah, but let's put it this way, Alf. If you were an opposition manager, say whatever Nigel yeah. Pearson said, I'd just say to, to my team, if you take your chances, you will win. Yeah. If you get one. And also, I mean, if you get ahead as well. Um, well, this is what I mean, that if, if you score two or three goals, it's very unlikely that you'll lose 4-3 three or 3-2 three, or something like that. Hmm. Um, no, no. Uh, that, that is absolutely right. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's all it's obviously always an exception when the side like Middlesbrough, you know, concedes three goals in twenty minutes to a side who, you know, their cumulative xG uh, was below one over the last four games. Well, I think Jiju's Jiju's pace mm. uh, yeah. and the way in which he was released, they didn't have any answers for mm. that. No, I, I, absolutely. Um, obviously, not the ideal fixture for Bristol City to excuse me continue this run of form. Uh, this weekend away at Swansea, who, you know, aside who, not the best performance against Coventry in midweek. Well, Swansea yeah. have had three poor performances in a row. Uh, at home to uh, Forest, they just about yeah. won. Away at Huddersfield, well, that was just tiredness and you have her off days. Hmm. And they just about got through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was a scrappy win against Coventry, but it's... um. 
is what you need to do uh, when you're up there. Uh, speaking of uh, other one nils uh, in the championship, the final game I'd like to talk about is uh, Nottingham Forest with their one nil win over Rotherham in midweek. Um, I, I wouldn't like to dwell on Rotherham too much um, because you know it's another fairly marginal game, and you know, as I say, I, I'd still back them, you know, in individual games to raise their performance levels and step up to a plate. But I think with Nottingham Forest now, we're we're seeing a Chris Hutton team, uh, you know, and all, all of the you know tenets uh, of a Chris Hutton team in in this Forest iteration because. Like obviously they're still patchy going forward and you know relying on individuals you know and when one of them is a 18 year old in Alex Mighton you know that's obviously not ideal especially with the way we know Hewton is slightly sceptical of blooding young players um, but their defence is has been a, a, absolutely outstanding in recent weeks what, yeah 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 and um, you know that's going to provide a brilliant platform for them away at Derby tonight in the uh, East Midlands Derby right. of course uh... Joe Worrell and Figueredo. Yeah. Well, Joe Worrell's one of the best centre-backs in the division uh, on his day. Um, there's there's a reason why Burnley are courting him. And, you know, Burnley's recruitment in the championship is pretty faultless, to be honest. I mean, yes, OK, Josh Brownhill's numbers on paper don't look outstanding, but he's been an amazing squad member for them. And he's been absolutely exceptional this season. Too. Even the Cyrus Christie stepping yeah. up. Who, who got his fair share of yeah. from Fulham fans? No, that's a great point. Um, you know, obviously a bit of a... Uh, a, a player who's you know failed to um, find consistent game time over the past few years has been jumping from club to club really you know been at Derby for a bit been at Fulham for a bit now at Ford for a bit um, it's, it's obviously not ideal um, uh, but uh, you know when you know his competition is Cole Jenkins number one you know it's, it's a good opportunity to get to the side um, and he's, he's definitely taking it yeah indeed so uh, that's uh, that that that's the championship, and I think that's uh, everything. Unless there's something else you want to. No, uh, I think we can uh, move on to uh, League One, where there's been plenty of news today. So, yeah, should we begin with uh, the good news for Ipswich? Town? Probably good news. Yes, probably. Yeah, probably. Let's yeah. hope so. Uh, so it, it's a consortium uh, who have some investments, or country athletic and American football. You know, not even the MLS, but you know some lower level American football and they've, they've bought for for I would say a, a not not too expensive price uh, 17.5 million they've bought the club from Marcus mm. Evans or they're going to and uh, most importantly Marcus Evans was so desperate to get rid he's written off 100 million pounds of debt so uh, let's hope he's happy with his uh, service to Suffolk with that money gone but uh, yeah uh, if hopefully it works out as well as it did for uh, Portsmouth, because they were similarly bought out by an investment group who have a variety of different interests in sport and entertainment. And uh, as long as there's ambition and some competence, then something good can happen, and most importantly, stability. And I think they've got most fans on side on day one by uh, immediately getting rid of Paul Lambert. Uh, yes, uh, they they will. They definitely will do uh, when it goes through. Obviously, that's uh, the other key part of the plan is getting Paul Cook in uh, once takeover happens and apparently they're going to sack Lambert straight off the bat uh, which yeah, as you say Aki I'm sure will go down well with uh, Ipswich fans amongst uh, many neutrals like us um, it's a shame that it's happened so late in the season I think um, I mean yes the, the, the promotion race and the playoff race in League 1 is really narrow um, but at the same time um, you know like Ipswich are a fair bit off the, uh, a fair way off the pace at the minute um, despite a, a decent 1-0 win away at Hull in midweek, um, which, you know, it's just another one of those marginal wins. But as we've talked about, Aki, you know, their squad is very good. Um, this is not a squad that should be as playing as piss poorly as it has been in, in uh, over the course of the last, well, uh, two years, really. Um, and, you know, especially with, you know, uh, a manager with the nails of Paul Kirk, I, I wouldn't, you know, be surprised if, you know, we had to see a rocket up, uh, a rocket uptake in form. Uh, for Ipswich, even though it's difficult to, you know, get rid of that, you know, general malaise around the club. Um, Al, do you think that Paul Cook was waiting for this? That's why he didn't take some other job. It's 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 a good point. That I, I yes, maybe. My only um, issue with that theory would be that I'm not actually sure the clubs who were interested in Paul Cook, you know, actually, 
you know, gave him the money or, you know, the, the platform that he wanted, if that makes sense. And in that respect, yes, maybe this is the perfect job he was keeping his eye out for. Obviously, I'm sure, Aki, it was contingent on a takeover. Um, you know, um, I, I can't really see otherwise um, how he'd want to work with Marcus Evans, you know, knowing his reputation uh, amongst previous managers. No, but what I mean is, is that do you think these prospective owners were courting him, saying that we've got... I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good theory, to be honest. Um, it, it explains why, okay. I mean, you know, with Bristol City as well, for example, you know, why they didn't go in for the kill with him, for example. Um, because it, the, he probably didn't, his age, he wasn't talking to other people and they probably had him tied yeah. down. And this investment is very likely but, to go through. And, 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 uh, and you make a good implicit point, Aki, in, in the fact that, you know, I don't think Paul Cook is too fussy on, you know, where he starts out in a job, if that makes sense. Whether, you know, he's not like saying like, oh, I need it to be in the championship or oh, I need it to even be. No, well, I mean, look at the Portsmouth <laughs> job. He went he went from, he managed league, they were in league yeah, two, of course. And okay, maybe he stepped up from league it, yeah. two, but uh, from Wigan, they were, during, they, they were doing all right in the championship. But, you know, I don't think he minds <laughs> starting yeah. with, as long as he has a base and a future, I think he can build. Yeah. And that's the yeah, on. no, 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 absolutely. He'll definitely be able to build, and you know, he's a long term manager for a long term project. Yeah, I mean, the, the, like he's beloved at Portsmouth hmm. for the job he did there, and uh, of course, he had to leave his native northwest to do I'm, that. I must so, also yeah. say, it is very satisfying to see him continue in blue and white, as it were. Obviously, Chesterfield blue shirts, white shorts, uh, yeah, uh, Portsmouth blue shirts, white shorts, Wigan blue shirts, white shorts, Ipswich blue shirts, white shorts. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Brighton's next on his list, uh, or Everton. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Which I mean, he was a boyhood Liverpool would go in a way, yeah. I know it is, it is mad when you think about it. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, what's going on, and of course, this is the third takeover, One, uh, yeah. Uh, just say uh, uh, one club where uh, we're already seeing uh, the fruits of a, of, a, of a new takeover at a big club in League One is Sunderland, who have really amped it up over the past week, or you know, uh, two weeks really, in their uh, promotion push. And um, to be honest, at the minute, I think I think they're the best side in the league in the form that they're playing. And you know, under a streak, under streaky Lee Johnson, it's great to see. But I just want to say, Al, this is becoming kind of a trend. This whole takeover thing. I think. I think. Guess. I. I think. Mm. I can predict who's going to be next. Who's that? Sheffield Wednesday. If they go down, Chainsery and giving us shitties or. Is in a League One takeover well, after well, this basically a, a team going down or whatever, like a relatively fertile team. So by yeah. I mean the bigger team going down and then getting taken over, because it happened to Sunderland. It happened to uh, Ipswich. It happened to Charlton. I think if they go down, how how much patience will Chainsbury have at Sheffield Wednesday? I think he might put them on the market. Well, it, it's interesting that you say that because, like, obviously, you know, there have been plenty of opportunities for Chancery to sell after, you know, dire moments in the past few years for Sheffield Wednesday. And I mean, with a relegation to uh, League One, you know... Uh, I sent him over the edge. I'm not sure. You know, it's it's the same logic with Mike Ashley at Newcastle. Or maybe you know, once we get relegated, I want to sell. But you know, the last two times they've been relegated, and you know, maybe even a third time come the end of this season, um, uh, you know, he still hasn't. But but it's interesting though because you take something like Marcus Evans and what's happened there. Like he was really quiet about this. There was no like, oh, he, there was even no none of this like Ipswich are up for sale and whatnot. Because Stuart Donald, he was public yeah. about it. Like Sunderland were clearly up for sale for a number of months. Yeah. Uh, no, no, absolutely, and it, yeah, it does um, uh, feed back into. But yeah, as you say about Feriaki, um, uh, you know, League One sides, uh, big League One sides, you know, having a uh, a gradual upturn in form after the ownership. Yeah, but Sunderland, of course. Uh, uh, what happened with them? They were 2 0 winners at home. Yeah, another two wins, two clean sheets in a week. Um, only, um, uh, you know, uh, Lee Johnson, you know, beginning to pick his favoured lineup. Um, it's it, it's interesting to see because obviously he's, you know, his favourite formation is a four Magic Square two, um, which we saw at uh, Bristol City. Um, and you know, he tried to implement it at the beginning, but he's reverted to a three four four. 
uh, in recent weeks. And, you know, the big fruits of that were seen with Charlie White's uh, quadruple of headers from Aidan McGeady balls in, which is just amazing to see. Um, Wyke O'Brien and McGeady have, you know, going together really well going forward. And, you know, White's in that kind of form where, you know, goals are just coming off him left, right, and centre. His finish for the third goal against Burton was absolutely outstanding. Just, just you know, Somebody you can tell is just an uh, an exceptional run of form I and mean, just drilling it into the far corner, really difficult finish to pull off. Um, and you know, all around all around them, you know, we're we're seeing you know really nice uh, tactical quirks in the Sunderland team, which are, you know paying dividends. Um, their back three on paper is you know uh, three right backs. Colin in... McLaughlin was good at Millwall. Sanderson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but Luke O'Neill is also doing a good job. Yeah, and and with Conor McLaughlin, uh, Sonson, nine, you know, they're all they're three really tactically adept players. You know, nine's uh, played in midfield in the past or in a variety of midfield, as has Dion Sanderson. Conor McLaughlin's played in a variety of positions for Northern Ireland, um, and and when he was under Michael O'Neill there, um, and it, yeah, as I say, it's it's quite you know it's, it's perhaps counterintuitive when we're seeing a number ten in Lyndon Gooch at right wing back uh, for the time being. Um, uh, but it's it's working really well in you know, is, that, got... is, is Luke O'Neill a centre back too? No, no, he's a, he's a right back or a centre midfielder, really. A kind of well, he's playing at left, at left yeah, yeah. centre back in that back three. Mm. No, he is, and um, uh, he, he is excelling. Uh, you've got a really strong, uh, experienced axis in Lebeter and Power, um, uh, spearheading attacking moves. And I mean, look, McFadden came in uh, in the week. Um, uh, but Jake Vokins is, you know, obviously really hotly rated at Southampton. You know, he's got a really nice left foot on him. <laughs> Lazy comparison, yes, but he genuinely does have a load of similarities with Matt Target. Um, uh, to be honest, and I'm sure we'll, we won't be seeing him in League One next season, even if that is on another loan. Um, but yeah, as I say, uh, I, I think the wins will continue for Sunderland at the minute, and you know they're playing the form as the best team in the league. This, you know, this isn't a, a, a Phil Parkinson. Uh, February, March last year, upturn in form. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Where there are a few questionable underlying numbers behind it. Um, uh, this is definitely a long-term trend we're seeing under Lee Johnson. Indeed, indeed, a long-term trend. And of course, Mr. Dreyfus was did did uh, travel to a beautiful Burton upon Trent to attend that game. So mm. uh, I'm sure he had fun there. But yeah, it's good to see. And uh, Lee Johnson uh, is. He, I don't think he's ever done a bad job at any club. So you know. Well. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, it's um, you know, his tenure at Barnsley um was uh, I think would have been remembered much more worse had Barnsley not you know gone from twenty third to sixth and ended up getting promoted in that ridiculous season. Uh, but they yeah. had um, you know, one of the best you know stories of the EFL over the last decade, really. Um, but yeah. no, he did a very successful job at Bristol City over the course of um, five yeah five years, no, just under yeah. five years. Um, yeah, and of course uh, Northampton Town. Uh, an interesting week for them. Mm. Uh, they uh, so Northampton have scored, I think, the least number of goals in the whole division. Yeah, and uh, this is a big run for them because after a, a four-three loss to MK Dons, when they were the better team, uh, which was encouraging, uh, they had another nil-nil against Rochdale. And you know, before I thought nil-nils at big teams were, uh, you know, credits to them. I feel that the, the, the nil on their side is really starting to hurt them now because they need to start winning. Mm-hmm. Defending's all well and good in character, but they're really struggling to put these chances away. Well, it, it, it's interesting because um, I think since Keith, I think under Keith Curl toward the end of his tenure, they were you know a, a very poor League One side, and I think they're now fine. Does that make sense? We've definitely seen an upturn in form since, and um, uh, you know we talk we do talk about the defence, but their attacking output in the final weeks of uh, Carl's reign was desperate and, you know, really worrying, you know, cumulative XG of um, like 0.9 over the course of four or five games, which is, as I say, desperately, desperately worrying. Uh, they've obviously managed to change that and, you know, three goals against a, uh, an MK Donside who were in really great form. Um, and, you know, um, they didn't give Rochdale a sniff uh, in midweek and, you know, should have won the game for themselves. What a big game it is for them this weekend against Swindon. Um, you know, yeah, huge games game. in the division. And, and you, to be honest, I can see Northampton having the edge in it. All by yeah, and, and Northampton fans normally do travel well to somewhere like Swindon at a game. Hmm. And uh, Swindon, Swindon, of course, difficulties though. They had a great game away at Lincoln on, in midweek, so they'll be more confident, I'd say, than Northampton. And they know about Northampton's efficiencies. It's like what I talk about Middlesbrough that if they take their chances, they know they'll win. 
Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, but you know, we 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 we've seen you know plenty of upturns uh, like that in recent weeks. But uh, look, I'm not personally that optimistic. But let's hope they can go down to Swindon and get a good result. Uh, of course, uh, would you like to talk about Oxford's uh, narrow defeat well, to? Wimbledon? Yeah. Um, I'm, yes, I'm taxes in Oxford losing to Portsmouth. Yeah, um, I'm beginning to get slightly frustrated. Um, it, it, in the sense that over our last two games against Ipswich and Portsmouth, and even Bristol Rovers and Wigan in patches, to be honest, we obviously made some really good attacking reinforcements in January in Elliot Lee and Brandon Barker, um, and you know Sam Winnell, um, obviously you know getting off a mark in the um, Pink Cup for us, you know gave him an upturn in form, and he's you know he's obviously played with renewed confidence since then. And as a result, it, it, it's kind of been like we, we we want to get them involved in play as much as possible. And so we're, we're, we're going more long and, you know, straight into the attack as a result. Now, that is compromising what we're best at. And that is, well, one of the few things we're actually good at. But when we do play, we are very good at, which is, you know, gradual, patient midfield build-up play, crisp passing, getting the full-backs forward. Which you know has just been absent in recent weeks. Um, there, there, there have been two more direct effects on that. In that you know Marcus McGowan is out until the end of the season now, uh, which is gutting um, because he was you know our best player. At, you know quickly switching the play in that brilliant run of form we had over the new year. Um, uh, and the other side of that is obviously Alex Gorin. He's <sighs> You know, yes, okay, we do get frustrated with his, you know, uh, yellow cards which he picks up every game. But at the same time, like the amount of goals which you know we concede when he's not on the pitch, which is just so preventable, it's so infuriating. Um, you know, that's that, that's um, you know, the most evident, you know, a key piece of evidence for that is the goal we conceded in midweek, where the ball to the um, you know, cross on the edge of a D, which you know is in between Moore and Atkins and. And, you know, uh, Alex Gorin would have definitely, you know, tra- uh, tracked back for and, you know, cut out. Um, Cameron Brannigan, you know, didn't and kind of, you know, thought the centre-backs were coming out for it. It's that understanding which, you know, is costing us goals. Well, we're not conceding a lot of goals at the minute, but the goals we are conceding are sloppy ones. Um, and when, you know, we need to get as many points on the board as possible if we are to make a go of the playoffs this season, is is very frustrating. And um, hopefully, yeah, uh, a solution could be worked out soon. Even though it probably even though it won't, I mean, on paper. Indeed, but you you know, like I said, uh, you've had your uh, good luck for the season. I feel with that uh, amazing uh, form. But yeah, it, it, it's difficult though because, like, you know, we we do have to adapt our our, our style of play without Gory, um, because our, our midfield is considerably, I mean, you know, not the best of terms, but it's you know, wetter and weaker um, uh, without him in. I mean, the only real alternative. Joe Grayson at uh, defensive midfield, who's either a left back or a centre half, or partnering Grayson uh, at centre back with Moore, and you know moving Atkinson into into the midfield, which I mean could be could be really um, exciting. Um, I mean, uh, by the way, he just got his shirt arrived today. Uh, Atkinson on the back of the New Oxford away kit. Mm-hmm. Good, it's a good purchase. Um, uh, but 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 yeah, um, uh, improvements are definitely needed for us soon. Uh, if we're to make it of it, and you know we do have a decent chance of a weekend away at MK Dons, but they're definitely a strong side. And uh, do you realistically see Oxford making the playoffs? Uh, no, you know, no. Uh, <laughs> that's a short answer. Um, again, it's you know not necessarily due to us. Um, I, I just put other sides ahead of us. Um, well, I just noticed, Alf. Uh, in fact, you're right because. Uh, well, it, it's fourth, it, it's it's third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and uh, Doncaster have a game in hand and a five points ahead. So yeah, you're right. I think points wise, it, it's not that feasible. Like uh, I think, I think, I think the most likely change to the top six we'll see come May is Accrington replacing Hull. Um, really. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, no, I'm not. I, I mean, as we've talked about in previous weeks, I'm not convinced about Hull in the long term. Uh, uh, to be honest, um, I, I think many of their well, wins—they have lost the most games out of anyone in the top six. Mm. And um, you know that inconsistency, I think, will cost them come the end of the season. Um, but, but Alf, it's worth noting that Doncaster, Accrington, Oxford, all, all these, apart from Sunderland, even Pompey, 
well, up to well, yeah, basically between Lincoln and Ipswich, everyone has been in dicey form apart mm. from Sunderland recently. I think Doncaster one win in their last five, Accrington the same, Oxford two in their last five, Charlton one in their last five. So, it there are opportunities there, but no one's taking it. Uh, yeah, that is, is one of the frustrating things about the playoff picture. And you know, we 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 mustn't rule out flyers at the same time. You know, Blackpool served twenty games to play. <laughs> they've been in really good form when they have been playing recently, and I wasn't. And Shrewsbury have got nineteen, and you know they they've been absolutely flying in recent weeks. And I wouldn't, you know, rule out Shrewsbury contending. Uh, excuse me, uh, extending that run of form and getting into yeah, Shrewsbury. Can have done. They can be up till seven, up till uh, no. In fact, well, yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Akron can also have. Uh, three or four games at hand. So, yeah, that should be really interesting how this changes. Uh, where do you go next, Alfie? You ready for Charlton? Or... Uh, yeah, a quick word on Charlton before we uh, move on to some League 2 chat. Um, I, I, I think we can say that playoffs have gone for Charlton now. Playoffs or... have gone. Uh, yeah. I think uh, who's, who's the guy who covers it for SLP, Rich Corley, he, he put it best. Uh, they, the playoff hopes are hanging at a, uh, from a thread at best. Mm. If you get what I mean, yeah. So, uh, I think it's unfortunate the blame game is easy to play. I think Thomas yeah. Sangard even accepted it, mm. and uh, he said, Worst case, we'll stay to season league one. I think Steve Gallen and him need to, uh, you know, both whatever they want to do with Bowyer, that's up to well, that's obviously up to them, but they yeah. need to start thinking at least about having that conversation about mm. what do we do in the summer, who do we keep, who do we yeah. get rid of, how do we build a maybe a change in manager. Maybe, but you know that. No, that, that... you're absolutely right, Aki. Absolutely right. And Sangard's at a crossroads now because if we assume that playoffs have gone, and if we assume that he'll stick with Boya, then the purpose of the remainder of this season is to build for next, and for Boya to at least you know eight or nine members of the squad who he thinks are going to be his key eleven next season. Get them gelling and get them playing instead of you know just trying to get wins on the board, right? You know, getting a long term vision involved. Alternatively, I mean, if he wants to, I doubt he will, but if he does, there's a pretty strong mandate for sacking Boya right now, and then you bring in a man to either you know get get going for next season or to even you know make another go of it. With the really, would you say there's would you really say that sacking Boya right now because Look, I, no, I no, know. I doubt, I doubt God will. I think he's, you know, yeah. But, no, but, but you're saying it's a valid, you know, thing to do. Well, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous sacking ever. Um, no. This is a strong, you know, this Charlton side, you know, it. if you, and, you know, you were to get the most out of them, this Charlton side would definitely not be a ninth. And I mean, ninth is obviously yeah. not their real position because of games in hand and PPG yeah. and all. Well, actually, they don't have many games in hand. That's the yeah. worrying thing. No. Well, yeah, they could be lower down. Mm. But Alfred Swanson, they're against Blackpool, who are in excellent form Yeah, uh, on Saturday. And, you know, I think... I don't want to use Twitter to judge things, but the reaction amongst the fan base on Twitter is pretty scathing towards Boya. I think people are starting to lose their patience, whatever anyone says. No, they they definitely are, which, which is a shame. Um, uh, because obviously he's done such an incredible job with them so far. Um... But as I say, you know, it's, it's difficult to have patience when you've conceded 22 goals in your last eight home games, which is absolutely abysmal uh, return. But of course, you could blame Jason Pearce and the defence and whatnot yeah. for that. Um, no, you could, but, you know, defensive explanations are often more structural, um, you know, and, uh, and with regards to that, it's got to come from Manchester, despite, you know, if you many, admittedly, fluky goals and, you know, uh, long-range worldies against them. And... Well, uh, pennies for uh, Thomas Sangard's thoughts yeah. right now, whether he sees maybe what's been injustice or bad luck or he sees a manager who's out of his... De- well, who's making the wrong decisions. It, it remains to be seen, but it'll be really interesting to see how they got against Blackpool because their confidence must be shot. That's one win in five. They've lost to, twice to the team who were bottom of the league. Albeit in great form. But, uh, yeah, uh, very interesting point you make. And Look, I won't be watching the games with bated breath anymore. 
but I'd be more interested in seeing, you know, how fans respond and what the performance is like because the result or any fruit is out of the question. Now they're just playing for the... They can play with more freedom, I would say. No, they definitely can. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe that'll, you know, <laughs> be a release from on the new lease of form. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Just uh, rewinding the conversation a little to long-range worldies. Nice segue into League Two. Goal of the season of the EFL we might have already seen with Ferguson for Southend at uh, the new lawn on Wednesday night scoring an absolute rocket. No exaggeration of four yards out end into guy. the top bit. Incredible single season, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, yeah, and a, and a really crucial one for Southend as well. Um, obviously, you know, they made two headline-making signings, you know, first of all, Ricky Holmes, you know, injury man, uh, back in League Who? 2, the Ma- our man, South, Akaki. Southend? Yeah, South yeah, End yeah. Ricky Holmes, I had no awareness of this, so he left Northampton. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, quick. well, I think Northampton released him in the summer, um, because of, you know, continual injury issues and um, uh, whatnot, which is a shame, but, you know, here he is back in, in League 2, and obviously, Noel Ranger has returned uh, to Southend. Maybe his only arguably successful club in his career. Um, I'm I'm sceptical of both of them, to be honest. But I mean, look, when you are in a relegation league in League Two, wait, excuse me, let me say that again. When you are in a relegation race in League Two, you need as much quality as you can get. And you know, Ricky Holmes at least definitely offers that. Um, but I mean, if you're beating you know the form team in the division, then you know a side who are looking more nailed on for promotion in Forest Green by the week. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely impressive. Yeah. That's that's deeply interesting, uh what's going on, uh especially in League Two. And with a very interesting relegation race because there are two places where normally the uh, team who gets relegated from League Two is cut adrift. But no, I think uh, there's a there's there's, yeah. there's, there's there's genuine competition for the relegation and uh, it's a testament to uh, we really do have some crap teams in League Two, don't we? Yes, <laughs> it's 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 for, it's the accumulation of all the dross that has been saved well, in recent course, years by big Lancashire derby, uh, Bolton versus Barrow. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, Barrow and Cumbria, but yeah, oh, yeah, just, just I thought it was Barrow. I thought Barrow was pretty much Lancashire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it, I think it's culturally Lancashire. Uh, you know, because it's on Morning Island and quite, you know, just over Morecambe Bay. Um, uh, but no, yeah, administratively at least in Cumbria. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, um, a, a lively week in League Two, uh, you know, including a dramatic Morecambe win over Salford. By the way, um, the you night, know who, who is from Barrow? Uh, Alf, the only famous footballer I know from Barrow? No, I know Dean Henderson is from Workington in Cumbria, but I'm not Emily, sure about Emily Barrow. Hughes. Emlyn Hughes is from Barrow. Emlyn Hughes was born in Barrow. And well, he he made his debut for Blackpool, of course, before he became a captain of Liverpool and played for England, of course. But yeah, it's worth uh, noting about that, about Barrow. Because I knew someone Hmm. I know is from Barrow. Yeah. Um, uh, But no, no, absolutely. Uh, That's uh, that's interesting, actually. I didn't know that. Um, There's talent everywhere. Yeah. Which is important to remember. But yeah, dramatic win for the side just over Morecambe Bay. And midweek, Morecambe beating 2-1. Um, beating Salford 2-1, 94th and 96th minute goals over them uh, to win them the game. Quite incredible, really. Uh, great scenes on the Twitter and on the I follow commentary. Um, and Tranmere beating Cardiff, uh, excuse me, Carlisle uh, 3-2. Um, James Vaughan scoring machine and obviously Woolery being a nice fold for him uh, in good form and you know they've kind of had a role reversal in recent recent weeks those two sides you know Tranmere now looking a strong contender for promotion and all of this has led to uh, the current table Aki if I may be uh, permitted to do the uh, 530 uh, readout of the table uh, that you see on the conferences uh, Cambridge United 52 Forest Green Rovers 51 Cheltenham 50 Morecambe 49 Tranmere 48 Newport 47, Exeter 46, Salford 45, Bottom 44, Carlisle 43. That takes us to 10th. That is incredible. I I think we must have, there must have been something like that before, but just to see that 
at least one more time is quite incredible. But that that's amazing, of course. Uh, mm. Only nine points between tenth and first. Uh, and we talk about Bolton, of course. Uh, they're in a similar situation to Charlton, where they're just outside the playoffs, but they don't have games in hands. Games in hand, uh, of course, they're only uh, two points uh, below Exeter, but Exeter have two games in hand. And you, you hope they can pick it up because you would think that Bolton would get out ASAP. Of course, Burnley and Wolves, I think he spent two, divi- two, two seasons down there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, sometimes you've got to do your time in hand. Well, yes, yeah, so some, sometimes, uh, yeah. I think Coventry have done it. Wolves, like Wolves, Pompey have done it. Bolton are doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's part and parcel. And, you know, I think Bolton could become, you know, one of those teams who have won all four tiers, maybe. Mm. No, they definitely can. I think you know. Uh, Even Sheffield United uh, were in League Two at one point, weren't they? In the fourth tier. Sorry, Sheffield United were down there too, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. The weekend preview. Do you want to start with the championship? Yes, uh, I would uh, quite like to uh, do that. Um, so let, obviously, Derby Forest's stand out tonight. Yeah, um, uh, big game at the bottom, but I, I still think both teams will stay up. But Derby, yeah. of course, always good. Yeah, and uh, who who do you back to win that off? Um, do you know what? I go against the grain of you know the one one the recent years in the Eastern start. I'm going to say Forest nick it one nil in Hewton fashion, uh, and I'm saying a Luke Freeman free kick. Do you think Forest will be on the back foot? Sorry, do you think Forest will be on the back foot for most of the game? Yes, yes, I do. Although I do think it'll ebb and flow um, because yeah. you know there'll be a side too who like to be defensive. Uh, uh, speaking of other big games, uh, Cardiff travel to Middlesbrough uh, and Brist, and and uh, it'll be a tough Yeah, I think it's Mick. We oh wow, look at the characters in this game, Alf. Uh, Mick versus Neil Warnock. Uh, mm. That touchline, Alf. Yeah, that that touchline. That, you're right. That touchline is going to go off. I can't wait. Um, you want to take it right next to the uh, dugout? I, I'm I'm hoping for a few dubious uh, refereeing decisions to you know antagonise them a bit further. Yeah, um, to be honest. But um, again, yeah. uh, Cardiff have Kiefer Moore. Uh, they mm. can both keep him out with Dylan Phillips and score the chances. And uh, again, what I say with Middlesbrough: if you take your chances, you will win. And uh, I'd say Cardiff are good. Cardiff are good for a 2 0 win here. Uh, yes, I'd agree. Um, uh, I, I would give Cardiff the edge, even though, yeah, as, as, as you say, it might just start to tire in the, in the few coming games. I actually think the TV, uh, uh, Sky Sports, have actually got it right in their pick of the televised games because I do think Bournemouth, Watford, and also Wickham, Norwich again for the weekend. I really can't wait for um, uh, Wickham versus Norwich on Sunday. I think that's going to be an absolutely terrific well, game. I think Wickham will play with a lot of passion, but I think. Mm. Uh, Pukki, Cantwell and Francic and Buendia will be too much for them, unfortunately. Mm. I, I think there'll be a low block, but... Yeah, no, I, I don't think it'll be a row, uh, no. you know. Um, but I think Norwich will take that 1-2-0 or two nil win. Mm. But uh, also, uh, Swansea at home to Bristol. Seven-side derby. Bristol City, yes. Yep. Not uh, quite seven-side derby. Um, uh, is that Bristol Road? No, is that'd that be, a, be Cardiff. Oh, Okay, so uh, Swansea hosting uh, Bristol. Uh, Bristol, of course, full of confidence. Swansea, a bit meh recently, mm. you know, not not quite bad storming mm. fashion. So Bristol will fancy their chances. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be a very intriguing game. I'll have my eye on that one. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, moving on to League One, uh, it's two games at the bottom. Uh, but really caught my Rochdale against Burton. You know, maybe Burton's great escape can continue. And also, Sunderland versus Northampton. I obviously have more optimism than you. Uh, yeah. Well, I just hope it isn't a nil-nil for the sake of mm. all Cobblers fans because we've had enough. We've praised our team enough for drawing away the like of Ipswich and whatnot. Mm. Uh, also, uh, Charlton, of course, at home to Blackpool and in, in informed team. So we'll see how that works out. And mm. uh, Crew v Sunderland has an interesting. Uh, yeah, um, uh, crew obviously aside who um, are punching above their weight uh, so far this season. You know, deep with, um, uh, the sides in the top six, a good game for a good run for their money. Um, but as I say, I think Sunderland's good form will just uh, continue here. I think moving on to League Two, so will it uh, for Bolton. Um, uh, Ian Everett has um, uh, really taken off of them in recent weeks, even though you know, there may be a few underlying uncertainties there. 
Um, but Barrow aside, who are in dire form at the minute, I expect Bolton to uh, continue their winning ways um, in what I think is the uh, pick of the games in League Two. But also, I, I have an eye on Port Vale versus Cambridge, which may not well, uh, take many people's eyes on paper. Well, vale Park is the home of Port Vale, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Apparently, um, the pitch there is absolutely huge. It is. It is. It's shot, Aki. If you think Rodney Parade is bad, like, and obviously you've only got the football on at Vale Park at the minute, you know, no real excuses there. Um, but but in terms of mass- dimensions, it's also fucking massive. Yeah, no, it is. It's bizarre. It's a pretty bizarre stadium, as Rodney Parade as well. Um, but obviously, you know, Cambridge Society, you know, um, are beginning to be found out in recent weeks, you know, slowly but surely. And, you know, Port Vale Society, yes, they're in mid-table mediocrity at the minute. But, you know, under the new under the new managership of uh, Daryl Clark, you know, a manager who has, you know, proved himself in League Two before, um, maybe we'll we'll see a, a quote unquote scalp uh, there. Yeah, uh, should be very interesting. And uh, I think that's everything else. So thank yeah. you very much. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see you all again next week for our yep. first uh, March pod. Yep. Enjoy your football, and thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.